Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cedar in Cyprus podcast. Mm-hmm. Happy Sunday, wherever you are. <laughs> Just decided to open with a little sing song for you. You're welcome. So, um, yeah, we're here today. We're going to be talking about relationships. So we're really excited about this. This will be a fun episode, just mm-hmm. kind of diving into, you know, as we titled it, the good, the bad, and the meh. <laughs> just some relationships are just meh. So we just <laughs> want to talk about that. And we just thought it would be fun to kind of go through um, some of the things that we've learned, you know, in our lives as we've been uh, through this ourselves uh, all the way through to marriage and it does not end there. So, <laughs> you know, you still have to work on relationships to marriage. So, um, but before we get into all of that, uh, we thought what we would do something a little bit different today. I was listening to a different podcast um, the other day and the girls on it were kind of talking about like some of the things that they have been um, trying to work on and then some of the things that they feel like they've actually been like doing well at in their lives because they've been working on those things. And I just thought that was kind of a cool concept. So I thought that we would uh, do that today instead of talking about the best part of our week. Mm-hmm. So Allison, do you want to tell us maybe something that you want to work on and something that you feel like you're doing well or proud of right now? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So for the first, the first one, something that I feel like I could work on or I'm struggling with a little bit I think that I have, I don't know if you've ever had these kind of spiritual plateaus. So you're not doing bad, but you're not doing great. You're just kind of, yeah, just kind of feel like you're coasting along, which isn't always my favorite place to be because I don't feel like I'm making growth really spiritually. And I definitely know that's because I haven't been as in the word or praying as often and just haven't been super intentional with it. So that's something that I want to work on return to. I've just, it's been a bit really busy time and I've neglected it. So that's something that I want to work on and kind of return to and also get involved doing service opportunities at the church we're going to. I think that will definitely help just using my skills and actually being helpful in the church. Mm -hmm. I think will really help with that as well. I'm excited to get more into that. And then something I'm proud of I know we talk about we talk about our grad degrees all the time on this podcast, but I'm about four weeks out from graduating from my like Woo-hoo. finishing up my MBA. So I'm really proud of that. It's something I've worked really hard on to do uh, in a short amount of time. I kind of accelerated the degree a lot. Uh, yeah. So I'm really proud of my work in that and I'm excited to be to be finished with it soon. Yay. So excited for you. How about yeah, you? I, um for me. I'm trying to think something I want to work on. I'm like, I'm perfect. No, um, <laughs> I have nothing to work on. I have nothing I want to work on. No, there's so many things. I'm trying to single one out. Um, okay. Actually, I think I kind of have one that like weirdly enough fits in both categories. That's great. Um, Cause I think being more disciplined in like my Bible reading and stuff is definitely something I want to work on too. Um, but just so that we're like saying different things. <laughs> um, something I really have been wanting to work on is just like getting in my head about things. I have a really bad tendency to like get in my head about stuff and convince myself of things that aren't necessarily based on reality. Like, and I don't mean like crazy stuff, like the world is actually upside down and like, you know, like right. not that kind of thing, but just like 
thinking like, oh, everyone doesn't like me. Like nobody really likes me like in my social circle. And um, then, you know, obviously that causes me to like feel anxious to go to like social things and stuff. And I always tell people like, I genuinely believe that I'm an extrovert with social anxiety (laughs) because like there are very few times where I don't want to go and hang out with people. But the only reason that I ever don't want to go is if I feel like super anxious about it. And I'm just like, well, no one likes me there. Like none of my friends are there or like I, and I used to be someone who like, didn't care about that stuff at all. Like I would invite myself to things all the time, to be honest in college, because I would just kind of like assume that like, if I was friends with somebody there that like, I could totally go and like, I could just like make friends with anyone there and like, it would be super fun. And I just like, for some reason over the years, like, I just am not really like that anymore. Like I get in my head so easily about things and like convince myself that like no one wants me there and like that kind of thing. So uh, that's something I definitely want to work on because I know it's not rooted in reality. I know I'm like making stuff up in my head and no one's actually giving me a legitimate reason to feel that way. (laughs) I just kind of convinced myself of that. Um, And then on the flip side, I do think like recently I've actually been doing a pretty good job at like combating that because there have been a couple of times or like a couple of patterns that I've seen like forming where like I'll leave somewhere early or something just so I can avoid like trying to get into a group of people to talk to and like things like that. And it's not because I don't want to talk to them or I don't want to hang out or I'm tired. It's always just because I'm like nervous about it. And I've never had that happen before. So um, like before this season of my life for some reason, but Anyway, so I feel like lately I've been trying to kind of like push myself out of that and being like, no, you're going to stay here. Even if you have like super awkward situations happening where like you're standing here and literally no one talks to you, like you're going to stay here because you need to like get over this. Like you need to get over this hump and just like get in, put yourself in the situation to like talk to people you don't normally talk to and like you know, hang out with your friends and like, not just assume they don't want to talk to you or don't want to hang out with you. Like they're literally your friends. So, um, yeah. So I feel like I've been, I want to work on that, but I also feel like in the last like week or two, I've been like doing a better job at not just letting myself fall into that mindset and stay there. So, yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That is really awesome. I like how this is the first time we've done this kind of intro segment and you're already like, you're like breaking the expectation because it's something you want to work on and something you're doing good at. <laughs> Whereas instead of yeah, two different things, <laughs> but that's awesome. That's really great. Yeah. Well, I, cause I feel like with that, it's like, I have so far to go with that. For some reason, I've let myself like fall into this pit over the past like couple months. And so I have a long way to go and climbing out of it. Um, and just like, you know, unraveling those things. But at the same time, I think recently I've been doing a much better job at it. So it's like, I'm also proud of myself for that because for a while I was just kind of like letting myself sit there like, oh, no one wants me here. I should leave. Like I should just go or like, oh, I don't want to go to that party or like go to, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah. Well, anyways, to dive into our topic away from that note, (laughs) let's talk about relationships. It's kind of related in a different way, I guess, because we're talking more about romantic relationships here. But um, yeah, so we're going to kind of do this in three different parts. So we kind of wanted to talk about um, first 
just a few things that have to do with entering into a relationship. And then we're going to talk about maintaining a relationship and like different things that you can do to form healthy habits, et cetera. Um, And then finally, we're going to talk about, uh, well, I guess like part three and four are kind of combined. They're just like the two opposite ends of the the spectrum. So part three is basically like transitioning into marriage. If you end up heading in that direction, you end up getting down that path and you're kind of like, how do we start thinking about this? Like, what does this look like for us? Um, or on the flip side, if you kind of get to a point in your relationship where you're seeing these red flags and you're just like staying in this relationship when you really know you should leave it, we're going to talk about ending a relationship. Like what does it look like to break up well, um, and in a good way, you know? Um, and yeah, so we're going to start off with entering into a relationship. Um, so the first thing that we wanted to talk about was what to look for in a potential partner. Um, This is something that I think obviously there are qualities we all want in someone, you know, like no one wants to be with like a liar or (laughs) someone who's just mean, like no one wants to date. So, I mean, well, maybe somebody does, that's not good, but, um, (laughs) you know, those are qualities that like most of us want is someone who's like honest, trustworthy, considerate of us, um, kind, you know, just nice to people and nice to us. But honestly, I think sometimes we just assume that we want all of those things. And so then we don't really do any self-examination to see like what we might need in a relationship. Um, like I know me specifically, like I need someone who is very like able to kind of pull me out of my comfort zone because sometimes I like get into like a routine of being like monotonous and stuff. And like, I'll like to do fun things, but I'll again, kind of get like anxious about doing them and be like, I don't know if I want to do that. So I need someone that like pulls me into those things. And I was like, no, we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. Um, and that is definitely my husband for sure. Um, you know, and I feel like I also need someone who, wants to be social and do things and not just be at home all day and not like just sit around all the time because I don't like to do that. You know, like I like to go out and do things and like be with people and like all that kind of stuff. Um, so like, those are just a couple like random things I know for myself, like I need those in a relationship, even though like someone else might not necessarily need those things. Um, well, what about you, Allison? Like, do you have any thoughts on that or Yeah, I think it's really important to think about what we need in potential partner past the kind of baseline level things, like someone who communicates, someone who is trustworthy, someone Mm -hmm. they can count on. Like those are kind of base level things, but then also knowing you uniquely as a person, like what would balance you out? What are things that maybe you lack that someone else has? And for me and my husband, I'm trying to think like we are opposites in a lot of ways. We are like different people in a lot of ways. Um, but I think that really actually helps us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So where I lack, he is abundant and vice versa. For example, I tend to be someone that if I get in a certain mood or I am feeling a certain way about something, I can be there for a long time, whether it's I'm angry about something or I'm sad about something, or I'm hung up, hung up on a situation in my life. Like I will just stay there. And for him, he moves on real quick. Like he bounces back very quickly emotionally. And I really need that. And that really helps me. It really helps me just get out of my funk and to keep going on and um, just realize not everything is so bad. Like it's going to be fine. And that's something I'm so grateful that he has. And that's just really 
naturally in him just to be that way. And then on the flip side, because he's very like spontaneous um, and I'm a super reasonable, practical planning person. So that's another way we kind of balance each other out because being spontaneous and being a planner are both good things. But if they're to any extreme and lack the other, then you kind of have a problem. So mm-hmm. knowing those kinds of things about yourself and being aware of how you function and maybe what you lack could be a really great way to kind of knowing what you should look for in somebody. Yeah. I feel like it, it's like, it depends on personality. Like, you know, what kind of person are you? Like, what are your tendencies? And then like, what would compliment you exactly. in that way? Whether that be someone who's like completely the opposite or someone who like has similar interests or like attitudes towards something, if that makes sense. Like depending on what it is, sometimes you need someone that's the opposite. And then sometimes you need someone that's like the same. So exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. I think that goes along really similarly with figuring out what you need from the relationship itself. Cause it's not always just the person, but it's also kind of just figuring out where are you and what would like, how would, how would you be able to contribute to a relationship and what could it also contribute to your life? So kind of asking yourself, what stage of life are you in? Like really figuring out if you have the margin for that, uh, what are you looking for someone and why are you looking for a relationship? I think those are two questions that they sound really basic, but they're, you have to be really honest with yourself to answer them and really figure out if you are ready for it. And the truth is we'll never be perfect enough to be in a relationship. We'll never have sorted out all of our flaws and be exactly the person that we want to be or anything like that. But it is super important to ensure that you are mentally, emotionally healthy enough to be in a relationship before you start one. Because otherwise, if you aren't, you can really end up hurting yourself and also the other person in the long run. So Again, getting down to the nitty gritty, being honest with yourself. Am I ready? Am I in a stage of life that's going to support a relationship and be able to maintain one without, you know, running myself into the ground? That's, that's going to be super important. And then also asking yourself if um, you're able to support a relationship that it wouldn't have to be the other person doing all the work and contributing most of the emotional support to the point that it would run that person to the ground. So again, Mm -hmm. just asking yourself are you ready? Are you truly ready? Yeah. Cause I think some people use that as an excuse to like, never get in a relationship, like never put themselves out there. But then I also think some people like they're just in a really bad place. And like, if you're in a bad place, you know, you're in a bad place. Like no one (laughs) is like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm doing really well when they're like, I can barely get out of bed in the morning. Like, Mm. you know, so it's like, if you're in a bad place, you know that. And like, you should not be putting that on somebody else. And then also like expecting them to be able to hold you up all the time. Um, Because like, well, yes, you need support from other people. Being in a romantic relationship with someone like magnifies any of those issues in your life, like any security or any security, any insecurity that you have, um, like any triggers that you have at all, like anything that makes you super impatient or makes you freak out. Like those things tend to be magnified in a relationship because you're so like, you're in such close quarters with someone and you're like sharing so much of yourself with them, um, you know, mentally and emotionally, especially that like those things tend to just kind of come to the surface. So it's like, if you're already in a bad place, you don't want to be entering into a relationship where like, 
you're having to depend on the person 24 seven. And then at the same time, they're also like trying to hold you up, but then depending on you and it becomes mm-hmm. this like codependent thing. And it's like, it can just be a mess. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I've seen it kind of go both ways where it's like, don't use that as an excuse because yeah, you'll never be perfect. But if you're in a bad place, be honest with yourself about that, you mm-hmm. know? Speaking of those things, the next thing that we wanted to talk about just when entering into a relationship is red flags. We've all seen them. We've all ignored them. That's true. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm sure we all have. Um, Yeah. We just wanted to say like, figure them out and don't compromise. Um, It can be so easy to ignore things when you're interested in someone. But trust your intuition and trust your family and friends. I think that's like one of the biggest things too. I've seen this so many times. I've had it happen in my own life where you are like kind of going down the path, like you're you're in the talking stage or whatever. You're like starting to go towards a relationship with someone and your family and your friends are just like, I don't like this guy. Like, yeah. I just don't like him. Like, there's something about him. He doesn't seem great. Da, 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 da. And like, I mean, it's one thing if it's like your friend that like says that about literally every person on this earth. But like, if it's someone that like you genuinely trust and you value their opinion, you respect their opinion, they know you really well. And then they're telling you, hey, this guy is bad news or, you know, this girl is bad news, whatever. You should probably listen to them because <laughs> they can probably see something that you can't see. So definitely like trust your intuition, trust your gut in that, because I feel like we always kind of get a gut feeling when we see a red flag, like, Ooh, that's probably not good. But then we just like a lot of times we'll ignore it. Um, and then trust your family and friends. Cause sometimes it is really hard to see things from the inside. So like you're kind of blinded by your own infatuation sometimes. And so sometimes you need someone on the outside because they can see clearer than you can, you know? Red flags are hard because I think that they could be used flippantly. Like you mm-hmm. could kind of stack something up against someone in in a way to be like, well, you're not dateable because you do this, this, and this. But then you could also be that person that we've all been and just you see it and you just completely ignore it. You're like, you know what, whatever, yeah. they can change. Like something will be different later down the line. Trust me. You guys dating is not going to magically change no. the flaws <laughs> within somebody. And also to, to recognize your own red flags, the things within you that are issues or things that you need to work on, uh, whether it's communicating or being truthful. Or, I mean, there's a host of different things we could all know that we need to work on and change. So when we were kind of talking about finding who, you know, finding the qualities in someone that you'd want to date, also being someone that someone wants to date, being someone Mm -hmm. that supports others and is compassionate and caring and understanding, like being the person that you would want to date, honestly, like do do unto others what you would have done to you. So, and not using red flags in a way to criticize somebody, but I would say to be very careful and very um, picky, but then don't compromise on those red flags. So for example, for me, like, obviously I'm married now, but if I were to be dating, if I wasn't married, I would say my red flags would be what they believe at the most baseline level about Christianity, who God is, why we're here, our purpose, what is marriage, what is the purpose of marriage, like all those kinds of things that I would consider to be primary theological issues or from which other strains of theology or worldviews stem from because it all really does come back to who is God and who are we what are we here for so that would be like a red flag if someone doesn't see eye to eye with you on that there's a chance that well actually 
I can almost guarantee you that you're going to run into issues later on down the relationship. And if you ignore it now and you wait until six, eight, 10 months later, when you're super attached to this person and you're finding that you really disagree on things about the world, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard to detach yourself or the other option is that you're going to end up compromising yourself. So to see those things early on, be aware of them, be picky about them and say, I am unwilling to yield on this. This is something I will not move on. Like no matter how much I get swayed by the wind, my feet are going to stay planted here. So to know those things and to be sure about those things. And then again, to be really careful about like not choosing so many things to hold against somebody, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think like when we're talking about red flags, we're talking about things that could turn into deal breakers or like signs of a deal breaker. I'm not talking about like he pours his milk before his cereal. Like Mm. not like, (laughs) (laughs) Allison's like, I don't know about that one. I'd be like, okay, boy, bye. Um, No, like, you know, not like that kind of thing. I'm talking about like, he texts you 24 seven. If you don't answer him, he calls you 25 times. Yes. And you're like, yeah. Oh no. Like, I'm sorry. Are you so clingy? Like, right. But you know, cause when that happens, you're like, okay, well this could be a sign of someone who's going to be very obsessive or very controlling, mm-hmm. um, you know, something like that, or just very clingy. And that can be annoying if you mm-hmm. want to be an independent person, like, so things like that, you know, or yeah, he says something like, you know, that he doesn't believe what you believe, but it's fine. Like that kind of thing. You know, when he gets really upset, he completely loses his temper and like screams at you or like punches a wall or like things like that, where you're just kind of like, okay, like this is not good. And, you know, we're just basically saying like, don't justify those things that you like, you know, in your gut, like, oh, this isn't good. Like I need to, I need to do something about this, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And I think one thing too, with red flags is that you can, you can really see someone's character based on how they treat others as well, that you can kind of start seeing them. I know there are definitely ones that stay hidden for a long time. I'm not going to discount situations which you had no idea until you got later down the line but I would say a lot of them kind of come through the woodwork pretty early so if someone if you kind of notice that this person lies to a lot of people in their life and then they'll tell you the truth the chance that they're lying to you about things and then telling half truths to others is also pretty high I mean people don't just magically act differently for other people so if someone's lying to other people they're probably lying to you or if they're constantly constantly talking bad about others the chances that they're doing that about you is also really high so just consider how they treat other people and their intentions towards other people and I think that could also give you a really good gauge of probably the way that they if they the way they think about others will also determine kind of how they think about you as well Uh, Another thing that I think was really important before you start a relationship is to be extremely honest about your intentions. This is one that I think is so important. And one of the reasons I think I see relationships end a lot is because Mm -hmm. whether maybe one person or both people weren't honest with each other just right off the top. So, you know, we know that people aren't perfect. Like when you enter a relationship, you have to be able to discern what areas for growth you have in you or what red flags are um, and to be able to determine if that's either that's going to be an area for growth and an opportunity for you guys to grow together or if that's you heading in a dangerous direction. So to be honest about your tensions and where you're coming from at the very beginning is really going to help mitigate that happening more in the future. So for example, if one person is entering the relationship thinking, 
they're, they want to be really serious. They're looking for marriage. They're wanting something long-term and they're not trying to mess around. And the other person kind of just wants to mess around or be casual, or that's the phase that they're in, in their life. And if one of them were to act the other way, so let's say the casual person acts much more like they're looking for something serious or the person who's looking to be serious doesn't want to come off clingy and they're just going to be like, oh, like we can just hang out and talk. Well, guess what? Someone's going to get disappointed later down the line. Uh Typically, I think it is a person that wants something more long-term is more committed. So again, just being super honest about where you are in your life and what you're looking for and what you can honestly provide to somebody else is going to be really helpful in at least trying to mitigate that disappointment as much as possible. We definitely can't eliminate it. Like I said, I mean, people are not perfect. People are going to disappoint you. That's life. But if you are honest with someone up front, you don't have to worry about trying to later on reveal like, you know, maybe it's been three or four months. Like maybe I should mention this person. I actually do want to be serious. And like you're changing up the game. So that can definitely mm-hmm. help avoid that. Like definitely have grace for somebody, but at the end of the day, don't need to lower your standards or change your intentions just so that someone will date you because yeah, that's going to become a problem later on when conflict arises. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that kind of leads us perfectly into our next point too. Like if you have to be honest about your intentions in the beginning of a relationship, then you have to know like, what is your personal purpose with dating as a whole? Um, And honestly, this kind of brings up the question then, like, is it okay to just date to date? Because some people say, and I know a lot of people, especially in church, say like, you shouldn't date unless you're dating that person to marry them. And then some people think it's fine to like date around and like date to just get to know people and like things like that. So um, actually, I'm curious, what do you think about this, Allison? Because I think we've talked about this before and I think we might actually have like kind of a differing opinion on it. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's also hard to, because I'm married now. So I, I would want to be like, you should date to like, yeah. be married. But I also think that tends to put a lot of pressure on a relationship early in the beginning when it doesn't really need that. Right. I think that because it's hard because I think a lot of it is definitely shaped by the relationships you see around you. And for me, my parents, you know, have always been married and had a really great relationship and their parents did as well. And like all my siblings who are married have that as well. So I want to be like, you should date only for marriage. But I Mm -hmm. also understand that, especially when you're younger, you're just exploring dating or relationships with the opposite sex. You just kind of want to figure out where you are and things like that. I think that it can be, it can be acceptable if you're doing it right. Like if you're always being Mm -hmm. honest and if you're, you're keeping all those other things in mind too. So I'm kind of torn on it. I don't think, I think that it would depend on the situation. I'm not ready to blanket statement that. I don't know. How about you? No, that's fair. I think for me, the thing is, I I do think it's fine to just date to date Mm -hmm. um, just to get to know someone, but I don't think you should ever date like just to have fun, like air quotes Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, I think some people do that, but ultimately I think if you're just dating to have fun and there's like no intentionality at all, then someone's just going to get hurt. Like it's just going to end up ending badly, like somewhere in there because no one's wanting to commit to anything. No one's heading in a direction. You're just doing it for fun. So like if one person gets attached and the other person doesn't like, it can just be messy. Um, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with like 
once you're kind of in the season of life where you're like, yeah, like I kind of just want to like date and start getting to know people like, Mm -hmm. you know, like to head towards marriage. I don't think there's anything wrong with just kind of dating people to Mm. date and to get to know them. Um, Because I think it's a lot easier to get to know someone on a date than it is like in a group setting and things like that. And so I don't think there's anything wrong, which is like kind of dating around and like dating people to date. Um, but I do think that there should be like some intentionality in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think you should just be like dating anybody and everybody just for fun kind of thing, or just like to have a good time. Cause I think that yeah. just ends up being messy. That makes yeah. Sense. I think that also really like what you said is so interesting. Cause I think it also hinges on what you understand dating to be. Like if mm-hmm. one person thinks that dating is for something very serious and the other person is dating because they want to date and get to know you, that's where people are going to get hurt because they're not communicating about it. And they're right. not being honest with each other about where the other person stands in their life. Like if you right. are to lead someone on and make them feel like they're much more special to you, or like you're really looking for something serious with them and you're not, that's where someone's going to get hurt. And so right. that's where I completely agree with you that you still have to date with intention, even if you're not going on a first date and being like, this is the person I'm going to be marrying. Because again, that puts pressure on the relationship that may cause it to crack before it even gets started. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you grew up in the church or if you went to a Christian college, they're like, if you've been on a date and the guy is immediately being like, we're going to get married. Like that can be, so I'm just <laughs> laughing because I think I know that happened to you. <laughs> no, it has. Well, yeah. yeah, here's the thing. I won't say the school, even though many, like, I don't know if you know me in person and you listen to this, you already know what school it is. But the school I went to in undergrad was notorious for like guys and girls. Yeah. Like ring by spring. And people would literally, because it's a Christian school, right? And it's actually pretty charismatic. A lot of people would like assume that they had heard from God and they prophetically knew that like they were going to marry you. And so, but this would happen like commonly, like it wasn't like something way too often, like way too often. Like (laughs) I think I was told probably like two or three. Yeah. At least two or three times that I was someone's wife and I didn't marry any of those people. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, my husband actually went to the same school, has the same experience where girls told him that they were his wife, that he was going to marry them someday. And this is when like some of these people, it's like, I barely even know you. Like I've literally talked to you like four times and like right. you're telling me this. So I think that's why. And also the fact that I grew up very much in like purity culture where it kind of tells you like, you don't date until you're getting married. And like, you don't date anyone unless you're intending to marry. Like you don't date, you court basically. Like it's like yeah. the mindset And I think I've seen just the damage of that because you just put so much pressure on it. You're like, oh, we're only going to date if we're going to get married. And then I feel like you also miss out on being able to like get to know someone through dating them like early on. That's true. That's really true. Because I think like if you just hang out in groups and then you're like, okay, now we're courting and we're headed towards marriage. I feel like you like missed a big chunk of like time that you kind of need to like get to know if you want to marry someone. And you can really only do that when like dating them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's why, like, I don't think you should have no intentionality at all. I think you should be aware of where you stand and what you're looking for in that time of your life and be honest about that, be upfront about that from the beginning. But I don't think that there should be like so much intentionality or like that there has to be so that it's like, you know, I'm only dating you if we're going to get married in a couple months. (laughs) Yeah. That's just kind of too much. But yeah. So let's say 
you've determined, okay, you're ready. This person's intentions are aligned with yours and you want to start a relationship. You've started it. And what's the best way to maintain it, to keep it healthy, to keep it strong, and also to keep it growing. So we wanted to provide you guys kind of some advice and tips for that as well. Again, we, I mean, we said this at the front, but once you start the relationship, it's not like you stop and you need to communicate before and during the relationship, you need to be trusting the person before and during the relationship because Mm -hmm. yeah, those are big cliches, but they're so, so important. If you lack these relationships going to deteriorate quickly, I mean, I can just tell you from experience, it, it will deteriorate and that's not an if that is when, and by, you know, how quickly, and it's really important to just keep those up and to be, um, to be continuing to grow that skill. Like, even if you're someone who you think communicates really well, there's always opportunities to get better at doing that. Um, so knowing how to articulate your feelings, knowing, um, like if you're angry or you're having a moment where you need to walk away, knowing how to communicate that as well, just, finding those skills and continuing to grow them over time. Trust me, a relationship will give you plenty of opportunities to exercise that skill. (laughs) Another one that is really great uh, habit to keep in a relationship is to learn your love languages and the other person's love languages. And I know, I know some people think these are cheesy, but I still think they're really, they're useful tools. You don't have to hold on to your love languages if it's the only way you can give or or receive love, but they're just helpful tools. So the typical one, ones that we know are quality time, physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation and gifts. Uh, so just kind of getting to know, observe the person, just kind of see like, how do they receive love? How do they feel valued? What are the things that uh, make them feel important and special? And it might be something that's completely different from yours. I mean, it might be the exact same and that's great because that might be something you're not taught. But for example, like my husband, him and his family gifts is like a huge part of just like their family culture, the way they show love to each other. And my family wasn't really that way. I mean, we were a lot more of like kind of a quality time family. And so that was something I had to adjust to, but something I, I love and appreciate about him and his family. So I did have to step out of my comfort zone a little bit to get comfortable, like giving gifts and receiving them as well. I had to get a lot better at receiving gifts. So it might be out of your comfort zone, but know yours, uh, learn the other person's and try to speak those languages uh, to the best of your ability. And a couple other healthy habits to keep in your relationship is to uh, continue on your friendship. The one that you built when you started uh, talking and just started figuring out if you wanted to date that person, don't abandon that, whether it's banter or hobbies you share or just like whatever it might be or shared interests. Don't abandon those things, maintain those things and remember that that person is your friend as much as your boyfriend or girlfriend and to support them the way you would any other friend when they're going through something, when they need support, they're making life decisions, all that, all that stuff. You can still kind of apply those same principles for them, um, regardless of the fact that, you know, your relationship status has changed, but you're still definitely a friend to them. And again, like we said, establishing those expectations early on and then sticking to them. And if and when they change, like let's say your needs or your wants adapt to be communicating those as well. So those are just a couple um, healthy habits to keep in your relationship. Are there any you want to add or expand on, Liv? I also just kind of wanted to comment on like the continuing your friendship as much as your relationship. Um, Because I feel like this is something that like I've been learning a lot lately. Um, we are coming up on our second anniversary, um, my husband and I, yay, in a, a couple months. 
here. And, um, I think like the last couple of months, obviously like things have just kind of been stressful for everybody with just like everything that's been going on and like inflation and like all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like sometimes I just forget to like have fun and just like, you know, my husband is genuinely like my best friend, you know, and we do have so much fun together. And like, we always have, that's like part of the, well, not part of the reason that's like the main reason that, you know, we started spending so much time together and that we ended up like dating and then eventually getting married is because like, we were such great friends and we just got along so well and we had so much fun together. And so like, I don't want to ever forget to like continue that friendship with him. Like, yes, we're partners because we're, we're married and, you know, we're on this journey of life together, like doing everything together, um, and supporting each other. And, um, that means a lot of adulting (laughs) and stuff, but I don't want to ever forget to just like do fun things together and just like be friends sometimes and just like hang out and have a good time. So, um, yeah, that's all I really wanted to say about that, but I love that. So moving into our next point, um, we just wanted to talk a little bit about boundaries. Ooh, um, boundaries. Yes. The forbidden <laughs> word. I feel like everyone was just waiting us to get like to get to this point. I know. I mean, I feel like it's either like it's either a word where everyone's like, oh, okay. And they like roll their eyes, or it's like those people Lost that are like, you need boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. Everyone needs boundaries, which is true. We all do. Like boundaries are a good thing. I true. I support boundaries, you know. Um, but yeah, and these can be like emotional, these can be mental, and these can obviously be physical as well. I will say boundaries are hard yeah. to keep. We don't want to discount that. They are very hard. It's literally like a case by case, conversation by conversation, hangout by hangout type of situation. Right. It's not like you set a boundary once and then you're good to go. It's like you keep that boundary every time yeah. or you don't, you know, and it's like, that's hard to do. Honestly, I feel like the number one thing that I learned in our relationship was that once you have crossed a line, you can't uncross it. That's so true. You know, like in a relationship. Um, And obviously this definitely applies to the physical, but also applies to like mental and emotional boundaries as well. Like once you tell someone something about yourself or you open up to a certain extent, you can't unopen up. Like they know that now they know that part of you. And it's the same thing with like physical, you know, like once you've kissed somebody, you can't unkiss them. Like you kiss them because you kiss them. (laughs) So it's like, you know, so I think just with those things, I feel like my best piece of advice is like, just don't be afraid to take something slow. Like, And of course, this is a very case by case basis. Like if you have known someone for five years, like you've been friends forever and you're like just starting to date and you already know, like you're both like intentionally headed towards marriage, you know, whatever, then like, yeah, start having those intentional conversations, start opening up and like talking about those things. So like maybe the boundaries don't have to be as like harshly set there, you know? But if this is like someone that you just met, you just starting to date, you don't really know them at all. Like, do not be afraid to like set those boundaries and keep them and take things slow. Because again, once you cross lines, you can't uncross them. Like there's yeah. no way to do that. So like taking things slow is not a bad thing. Yeah. I think it's really important to know your boundaries and also respect someone else's. Cause that can be really yeah. hard too. I think definitely with physical boundaries or definitely a super important part of that. I think that sometimes the boundaries conversation will talk about only physical and then kind of neglect 
the emotional, mental ones, even just knowing like the margin that you have to support and care for somebody else. If you're going through a really hard time, like let's say like a loved one has passed away or you're you're working super hard at your job, really long hours, and you don't have a lot of energy, like whatever may be going on in your life, just to know and be super honest with yourself, what can you provide someone and what lines do you need to set up so that you are protecting yourself from, mm-hmm. from having those lines crossed or potentially being depleted of you know, your energy or even your joy sometimes, like knowing what kind of person you are and what you need to recharge and what is really important to you is a big part of those mental and emotional boundaries. Because like Liv said, once that's crossed, it can't be uncrossed. Once you've made yourself available in a certain way to someone emotionally, you can't undo that because you're right. That's unfair to that person. So like, take it slow. If you want, let that be on your terms. When you want that line to be crossed, let it be crossed. And you know, don't compromise on that. Communicate it so that the other person's aware. Don't hold them to an untold expectation. That's unfair, of course. Uh, But then also whatever ones they are trying to signal to you that they're trying to set, maybe like they don't want to hang out after a certain time, like at night, like that can be a super basic one. And you've just kind of noticed that at a certain time, they don't want to do that. Or there's certain things they're uncomfortable with, like take those signals and honestly respect them. And don't be afraid to ask about them. Like, Hey, I've noticed that this is something that you tend to avoid, or like, this is an invitation that you tend to turn down. Can you share why? And honestly, don't be afraid to just ask because maybe they don't know how to start the conversation. So respecting yourself and your boundaries, as much as you respect someone else and their boundaries is going to go a long way because that person will know you that you value them, but you also respect yourself enough to, you know, hold to your own. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely respecting somebody else's, even if you don't see the point in them. Yeah. Um, or you're like, Oh, we're like, we're fine. Like we don't need that. Like still don't cross it. If it's somebody else's like definitely respect that because I think like, just remember like boundaries are hard to hold up. So like they're hard for the other person to hold up too. So don't make like, it harder. Have a boundary. Yeah. Don't make it harder. Like if someone's like, yeah, I really would prefer if you weren't like at my house past nine 30 or something, mm-hmm. I'll be like, Oh, it's nine 31. We already broke the boundary. So I guess I'll just hang out. Like, you know, right. anyway, just hang. those are simple um, ones, but it's really how you show that person that you value them and, and what matters to them. Because if you don't show that off the bat, how can they trust that you're going to do that? three months from now, like they have right. no reason to think that if you don't respect them now, like they have no reason to think you will later. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then the other two quick things I wanted to mention when it comes to boundaries is obviously like an obvious one, set up accountability. Um, sometimes we can't do things on our own, you know, like we need other people to hold us accountable. Um, I did want to say when I'm talking about accountability in this type of context, I'm not talking about your friends. I'm talking about someone who's like a mentor or someone who is older, wiser, has more experience, because I think we have a tendency to like go to our friends first and be like, Hey, can you hold me accountable for this? And then like, they just don't, (laughs) or like they do, but like not in a way where, but they're your friend. So you're kind of like, Oh, come on. It's fine. Like, you know, like, so not your friends, like someone that like has authority in your life in one way or another. Um, And then also the last one is like having a timeline in mind for relationship. Once, you know, it's serious, obviously we talked about, you know, if you don't really know where it's going, you don't really know what's happening yet. Um, you know, you, you kind of set your intentions, but you're just seeing how it goes and communicating that 
as it goes, you know, that's fine. But if you're like, we know that we're headed in the direction of wanting to get married. Like we know that like, this is something that we really feel like the Lord is calling us to. And we both feel like this is what we want to do, you know, then set up a timeline. Don't be like, yeah, we're going to get married someday. Like, you know, cause someday. it makes it really easy to cross boundaries when you don't even have like an end goal in mind. Like when you don't have an end date, cause you have nothing to look forward to. So you're just like, yeah, we'll get there eventually. So what's the harm, you know? Right. Yeah. I definitely think that's really helpful having kind of a structure in mind. It can be really hard to work towards a goal that doesn't exist. Like what's right. the point of us not doing certain things physically if I have no idea when we'll be able to. I mean, it's just unrealistic. You're kind of setting yourself up for failure. So another point that we think is really important to emphasize for maintaining a relationship healthily, this one does go hand in hand with boundaries, but we're kind of going to hone in a little bit more on this is not allowing to the relationship or the person to drain your overall wellness and your health. And by that, I mean that a relationship takes up time. (laughs) It just does. Like suddenly you're going to find out like your time is not your own. And it's really important to keep up those things. Like, for example, something super basic could be like you were on a fitness journey and you were doing really well with it. And then you started dating someone and then you started like skipping all your workouts or not eating as healthy. Like those are just simple things, but those are indicators that things that might be taking up your time or your energy, and they might be pulling away from ways that you were taking care of yourself. So that can be one. And that kind of goes along with physical health. And then also when it comes to emotional health, so kind of examining yourself and seeing like, how is this relationship impacting you over time? Maybe it's been a few weeks or months, or it's been a while and you just feel I mean, maybe you feel great. Like maybe you're more energized and you're more happy and that's awesome. Or maybe you're in a place where you're kind of feeling drained and you're feeling like, you know, maybe some of your, you know, you're just not feeling um, as energetic or have the ability or margin for other people in your life. And it's kind of all going towards this one person, like examine those things. Um, How have you been challenged uh, mentally and emotionally? Have you grown over time? maybe you've plateaued or maybe you guys are regressing together. Like, are you guys getting better with every day or are things kind of just staying the same or getting worse Um, to be evaluating that as well? Uh, And keeping in mind as well, are you feeling drained or pulled down or do you feel like you've become a lesser version of yourself? Do you feel like you've kind of lost the things about yourself that you do like about yourself Uh, to be aware of those things? Because that could be a really good indicator that the relationship maybe is taking an unhealthy toll on you. Again, like I mentioned at the beginning, don't give up those healthy habits um, like, you know, working out to take care of your physical body or, you know, making sure that you're getting in your Bible reading time to take care of your spiritual health. Like don't give up those healthy habits for that person. Find things that you can do together. Maybe it's reading the Bible together. Maybe it's working out together. Try to integrate that person into your life and to the things that you're doing rather than compromise them for that person. Uh, So encourage each other to be healthy in every way. Yeah, I would agree. I think you can kind of tell like when someone is helping you to grow and you're helping them to grow or when someone is just like, quite frankly, draining the life out of you. Like, yeah. um, And that could be in the long run. That could take a while to see. But I do think that like eventually it becomes evident over time, you know, like what that relationship is doing. And obviously like relationships can be challenging and they can be hard, but we're talking about the overall picture here of like, are you guys 
heading in the right direction? Are you like making each other better, even if sometimes that's challenging and hard? Or are you like pulling each other down? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can come down to like just taking care of your yourself, you know, like in different ways and the other person taking care of themselves. Like, are you making each other better in that or are you not, you know? Um, and then on kind of the other side of things, like more the spiritual side of things, um, we wanted to talk about how your worldview and your identity can and will be influenced by your partner. Um, this is a big one because you definitely want to find someone who's on the same page as you. The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. Um, and I remember growing up whenever I heard that, cause it's very common. I literally thought of an egg. And I yeah. was like, what do they mean? Maybe you should like, break that down for us. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't want to be connected to another yoke. That's not <laughs> the same. I don't get it. But it does not mean that. It means <laughs> like um, basically farmers, when they like have cattle pull something really heavy together, they'll put something over their necks that like joins them together so that they can work together and so that they can take on that um like pulling of a cart or a tractor or whatever what have you i'm not a farmer i don't know the terms but um it's called a yoke the thing that they put over them so that like they're kind of like connected together so that's what it means um but it tells us not to be unequally yoked so like don't be connected like joined with someone who is not on the same page as you spiritually who might have a different worldview from you in a way that is harmful or that brings you away from Christ in one way or another um to be frank if you're a Christian you should not be in a long-term relationship with someone who cannot lead you encourage you and challenge you spiritually I'm just gonna say it directly um, cause honestly, this will ultimately lead to disappointment and it'll lead to a bad influence on your life every time. Like someone will always get hurt. Um, because at the end of the day, if you are truly seeking to follow and glorify Christ and the other person is not doing the same, eventually you're going to have to cut ties. And the longer that you let that go on, that's going to just make it harder and harder to do that. Yeah. I think we can, on. Un- uh, underemphasize how much someone else impacts us. Like when we talk about the friends that you should have and who you should surround yourself with, we kind of talk about the influences that they have on our lives. And Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the big companion of fools will suffer harm. And so that's just a reminder that the people that we spend our time with is really who we become, whether you like it or not, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. you can run from this as much as you want, but it's in the Bible. It's true. You do become who you're with. So be be around someone, be dating someone that you genuinely admire and want to be more like, like if you have to do some mental gymnastics to convince yourself that this is the right person for you, you know, deep down, like that's not yeah. the right person. And it's, it's really hard because that person is awesome and they're wonderful and they're funny and they're intelligent and they're great and they're creative. Like I'm not discounting any of those things or those objections you should, you would have because I've had them myself. Like I completely understand. I understand the feeling of I'll never find somebody else, or this is the most special person and there's never going to be them again. I understand that. And ultimately that's the fact that, you know, God makes each one of us and, you know, he has a plan for each one of us and puts awesome characteristics in us that reflect him. So I understand that. I understand your feelings about that person, but the truth is at the end of the day, that if you don't share the same worldview, one person is always compromising. 
always. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. And if it's not you, I mean, if it's not them, it's going to be you. So yeah. what, what yeah. is worth compromising your worldview on and your faith on? I mean, I'm going to say nothing, but if that, that person is what is worth compromising your faith on, then what you have is an idol instead of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So you have to be super honest with yourself. I wouldn't say this if I didn't truly believe it. If I hadn't been in, you know, a situation like this before, I haven't seen others fall into this trap. I'm saying it because I think that it will spare you pain down the long run. And because what Liv said is the longer that you ignore those things, the more painful that it will become when you eventually you know, either break up or end up compromising yourself to keep being with that person. So just, you know, to keep those in mind, those are super important. And then you miss out on what a beautiful thing it is when you yeah. are with somebody who can challenge you and lead you and encourage you spiritually. Like I literally don't know what I would do without my husband, like <laughs> yeah. in, when it comes to like, you know, growing in our faith together, like I just would not be who I am today without him and without like his leadership and his encouragement. And like, I hope he can say the same, you know? So it's like, that's such a beautiful thing. Like, even if that's the only thing missing, you don't want to miss out on that one thing because that one thing is everything, you know? Yeah. So on the flip side, if this person is a Christian and things are getting serious and you've been in a relationship a while and it kind of feels like it's heading towards marriage, we're going to jump into what is kind of a part three for here. So tips for that transition into marriage. So again, I mean, we're going to just keep, keep honing in on this, but making sure that your expectations and your definitions and your understandings line up with the other person, because maybe you have a really similar view on dating, but you have to make sure you also have a similar view on marriage. Now I would probably say if you have a really similar alignment on dating. You'll have a similar one on marriage, but I think that's super important to make sure like it can be super easy to romanticize marriage or to think of it, you know, it's just going to be great. Or like even think that flaws are going to magically go away when you get married or get easier. And that's not true. If anything, they're going to be even more magnified. So again, to be having those intentional conversations and you know, if you have to sit someone down and be like, we need to talk about marriage and that's what you have to do, then that's what you need to do. Uh, premarital counseling can definitely be a super helpful tool for this. My husband and I did premarital counseling before we got married. And I remember that being a really great experience because we talked about everything from like, as you know, obvious as like talking about sex and children and those things to really basic and practical things like how are you going to manage finances? How will you make decisions? Where will you live? It is really important to just consider all those things and also to be aware of how your personal experiences will impact marriage. Maybe you have parents who are still married like I do, and they have a really strong relationship and they gave you a great example of what marriage should look like in that if you have that, you are so blessed. And maybe you don't, maybe your parents aren't together or maybe they don't have a good relationship. And for a lot of your life, your home life was tumultuous. And um, I can completely understand how that would impact your view of marriage. Um, so your, your experience with marriage can um, taint your view of what marriage should be and the purpose of it. And to remember that the biblical view and what God created will always trump what you've experienced, whether for good or for bad. Um, in Ephesians 5, we have a whole outline of what marriage should look like. And I mean, we have a whole 
I think, episode on marriage and the purpose of marriage. Mm -hmm. So you guys definitely know where we stand on that. But just to be sure that you and that person are aligning on those things of what's expected from each other, because again, like this is where, at least for Christians, when we understand that we are making a commitment for life, like until you die, that is the decision that you're making. Divorce is not an option, except in extreme circumstances. Then this is your point. This is your point when you figure out, like, is it this is make or break time? This is do or die time. Like, this is your last chance that if this is not the right person for you, or if you've no, ignored the red flags for a long time, this is your time that you're going to have to make that big decision. So take this time as an opportunity, like don't rush it, but also don't underemphasize how important it is. Um, and at least try to have fun with it. If you can, this was a stressful time in me and my husband's relationship. I think our engagement was pretty tough, but mm-hmm. I'm, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think it was a really important step in our relationship. Do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> Expectations can be big or small. Um, I think like sometimes when we think of expectations, we think of like huge things like marriage itself and, you know, life and the next five years and kids. But honestly, like I remember when, cause we also did premarital counseling and I remember like in our premarital counseling sessions, um, one of the things our pastor said that kind of, I thought was kind of funny at the time, I guess, but like now I'm like, no, actually like it's important to figure out. He had us make a list of like, who was going to do what around the house. And he was like, this is already just, he was like, this is not like the, the list, like, this is what you're going to do when you get married. But he was like, but this is like just the expectations. Like, we're just like showing like what your expectations are because he had us take it separately. And it like, then compare them to just be like, who's going to take out the trash. Who's going to handle finances. Who's going to, you know, take cars in for an oil change. Like just little things like that, that you have to do in life that are now like something that you both are responsible for. And so like, he just like had us do things like that. So even just little things like that, like, what are your expectations? Like, how do they line up? Are they the same? Um, and of course that speaks to bigger things like roles and, you know, who's going to earn the money. Who's going to stay at home with kids. Are you going to stay at home with kids? Are you going to put your kids in daycare? Like so many conversations to be had, but expectations can be big. They could be small and they can also like just come up randomly. So definitely like communicating those things. Yeah. One thing I want to add to, uh, I like the idea of making that list during premarital counseling, kind of comparing, but also uh-huh. the fact that you can, not every expectation has to be held to. I think we kind of have this right. idea that if I expect that you're the one that's going to take out the trash, that is how it needs to be. Like, no, if you both wrote each other down, then you're going to have to figure out a way to make that work. Maybe one person takes it out that week. The next person takes it out the next time. Like you genuinely need to figure out a way to make those things work and also be aware that just because you have an expectation does not mean that it must be met right. by that person. Like maybe it's an outlandish expectation or maybe it's one that, you know, whether it, maybe it's something emotional and they're not really capable of doing that at that time. So you have to figure out like, what's realistic to hold them to? What are things they can work towards meeting? And how can you communicate about that? Because it can be just as simple as who does the dishes, but sometimes it is not. And a lot of times, if it's something small, that's not met over a long period of time, guess what? That turns to resentment. So again, Mm -hmm. communicating it early and not letting it turn into something that's going to come between you is a really important part of making that transition to marriage, talking engagement, talking who does what and how are things going to be. And 
like not making the decision till you guys are both like 100% there and on board for that decision. Because if one person feels like they had to compromise, that's also really likely to turn into resentment. So when you guys can feel that, find that place where you both feel like you're on board for it, at least this, this is what works for me and Zach. We don't move towards something until both people are like 100% on board because we, we would never want to move into something with the other person feeling like they're being dragged along. That's really important. And so if that is who you are as a person, you know, make sure that you're telling that person, this is how I need to make decisions with somebody so that again, you're sparing yourself pain later on. Um, and then the last thing that we just kind of wanted to bring up when it has, or when talking about transitioning into marriage is basically just like mentorship role models, who are the examples in your life of couples that communicate and treat each other well, um, you know, that you can think of and that you can emulate that you could model after, um, what things you want to emulate from them, you know, like single those things out, try to put them into practice in your relationship. And then also like consider your home life and your parents, um, or previous relationships that you've seen, um, that you, admire, you know, it doesn't have to be your parents if that's not the best relationship. Like I know Allison and I are lucky in the fact that both of our parents have really good, awesome marriages that I think we both want to emulate, but that's not the case for everybody. So like, just think of a couple that you really admire. What are things that, you know, you want to carry through your relationship and things that you will do without? I think we've all like we've all said before, like, I'm not going to do this to my kids. <laughs> like my mom did this to me and I'm never going to like, you know, so just like, but when it comes to marriage, like being realistic, like what are those things? Like, I don't want to do that. I want to intentionally not do that. And the things that you're like, I definitely want to put this into practice in my relationship as well. And I think that's kind of what we have for transitioning to marriage. Unless you had other thoughts. I think that a lot of that's kind of open-ended and it kind of stems from all the foundation that you've set in your dating relationship. I think it just kind of goes deeper once you start talking marriage. Uh, and so we just kind of encourage you to keep up those same habits. But on the flip side of the spectrum, we think it's also important to talk about during that relationship, if you have found that it's not moving in the marriage direction, then you may be heading towards a breakup. And we kind of want to provide just some advice for breaking up well, ending a relationship as good as you possibly can. I mean, it's never going to be good. It's never going to be enjoyable, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be a really important step for you because if you feel in your heart that this is somebody that you may not be able to stay with, the longer you wait, the worse it's going to get, like we've always said. So, you know, breaking up is never easy, but there are some things you can kind of keep a lookout for, for when you know that it's time, there will never be a perfect time or a perfect day, but obviously do not choose their birthday or a major holiday. Like be strategic about it. Talk to them in person. I mean, we laugh, but I know it's happened to people like, so just to be really mindful of things like that. And I know that there are some times where you're just going to say like, no, no time is ever a good time, but try to find the best one or the least terrible one. Um, and a lot of times you can kind of find that if the red flags that you ignore at the beginning have compounded or become worse, or maybe they never resolve themselves or new red flags came up that you weren't aware of when you first started the relationship, those are pretty good signs that it may be time to end a relationship. And again, those red flags that we mentioned, maybe your mental or your physical health has suffered as a result of the relationship, or you know that you are you two are bringing each other down instead of lifting each other up and bolstering one another in Christ, 
or you find that you guys have kind of gone in different places and or different paths in life and you just cannot reconcile and you're not moving in the same direction, that can be one as well. Another really big indicator that you may need to break up is that communication is lacking and either one or both parties are unwilling to work on it or unable to work on it, depending on what's going on in the relationship. Obviously, we know that in um, circumstances of abuse or infidelity, those are going to be major, major deal breakers and reasons to end a relationship. Um, and of course, that if you are being abused or you're unable to, um, you know, break up with them by yourself to find the necessary resources and help um, as much as you can, there are resources that are help for you for um, escaping abusive relationships. And we'll make sure to include that, of course, in the description of this episode. Um, and another one too, the last one that we have is that you guys have found that you just have completely different views on the really critical non-negotiable issues. We would hope that, I guess you would find that earlier on, but if you have found that you are just not aligning on those things that are the most important that I mentioned, like those major theological issues, the purpose of marriage, things like that, you're finding that you're just not the same on that, that would be um, another reason to break up. So you found that it's kind of time and um, those are just kind of the things that we would recommend looking out for and being aware of. It can be kind of hard to admit that that's where you are, but I'm saying to you right now that if you've been throwing it around in your mind for a while and you needed some kind of sign or confirmation or someone to verbally say it, I'll just say those things for you right now. Those are the ones that we kind of came up with. Yeah. I think like we also wanted to just bring up like what might keep people in a relationship longer than they should be. Um, Because I think sometimes we see these red flags, but we, you know, ignore them or we make excuses. Um, You know, I've seen this, unfortunately, where like someone will just make excuses for everything that a person does that's just wrong or like harmful towards them or other people like, you know, and I think usually it's like in the circumstance where like your family and friends are bringing it up to you and being like, hey, maybe this isn't the best. And you're just constantly making excuses for that person. Also justifying wrong things by making them seem right in your mind. Like, well, maybe they just did that because they were just having a really bad day that day. Or like maybe, you know, this isn't a pattern. Maybe it's like these are different things and I'm just like sensing a pattern, but that's not what's really happening. Like just things like that where you kind of just make excuses and you justify things in your mind. A big one is (laughs) thinking you can change a person who's unwilling to change themselves Obviously, we all change throughout life. We all have things that we can work on. We all have things that like we can help each other work on. But sometimes there are changes that are very, very unhealthy in a relationship that need to or things in a relationship that are very unhealthy and need to be changed. But if the person's not willing to do any work on themselves to change anything, you're not going to be able to change them. Like you can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. So Um, There's that. And then I think the last one is just fear of the unknown. I think sometimes you get really comfortable in a relationship and you might know by different signs that it's time for it to end, but you're just scared because you're like, but what's next then? Like what's going to happen after this? Um, And I think in those circumstances, you know, you really should um, cling to the other people that you have in your life. Like, you know, just any community that you have, any family that you have, just knowing that like you don't have to go it alone you know, you don't have to be afraid of the unknown when you're surrounded by people that are going there with you, if that makes any sense. 
Oh yeah. One I wanted to add, I think I mentioned it briefly, but do it in person if at all possible. I know it could be hard if you're in a long distance relationship at the very least, if you live super far away, like do a video chat, like do not text them. Like don't just call them. Don't just email them. If you're the person that's ending the relationship, like be a man or be a woman and see them in person and explain your reasons, like be as honest as possible. Um, In my relationship before I got married, I was the one who got broken up with. And as much as it hurt, as much as it, as much as I cried, as, you know, as hard as it was, he did like see me in person for it. And I appreciate that to, like, I appreciate that to this day that he like, he valued me enough to look me in the eye and like be there in the moment and experience the pain. I think that's really important because it shows that you value that person, even though you can't continue that relationship. And again, I said, that's an exception to extreme circumstances. Like, you know, if there is abuse or, you know, cheating or like deep hurt or something like that, that has gone on, that's obviously um, something separate. But what I'm saying is, is this is like, if that's not present, be there with them in person. And like, if they have questions, like answer their questions or if mm-hmm. it, if have it's generally, and again, I wanted to mention this as well, because we said like, you think you could, you know, you shouldn't think that you can change someone else, but also it's important that if you're the one that's not ready, or you have realized over the course of time that you are not ready for a relationship or that you're not ready to go where they're going. Don't just give the blanket. Like it's me, not you, but be clear about why just explaining like where you are in life or what you're looking for. Um, that can go a really long way again to showing that you respect and value them as a person, even though you're not going to continue the relationship. So if yeah. it is truly you or you're breaking up because of where you are in your life, your mental health or whatever is going on to be clear about that. Not just be like, it's me, not you, but doing the, giving them respect of explaining it at the, at the very most. Cause I think one of the things that can cause a lot of unnecessary damage and breakups is if you're not clear about why, or if you're not clear about what boundaries you're setting. So for example, if you continue to see that person after you've broken up, or let's say you have the same friend group or something like that, don't cause someone confusion by like being like, I'm breaking up with you and then coming back and just being overly friendly or unnecessarily close to them, like be clear about your boundaries and things like that. that that's really important for breaking up well and breaking up as in the most healthy way possible, regardless of the fact yeah. that breakups are just not going to be fun. They're going to be awful. And that's how it is. But there are things you can do to make it less awful than necessary. And those are kind of, those are kind of our tips for making it less awful than it needs to be. Yeah. I had just like one more thought too, with that, like, um, if you are going to break up with someone, get the closure that you need and then let them go. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes what happens is breakups are very messy and whether you're breaking up with someone yourself or they're breaking up with you, I think sometimes we have a tendency to like hold on to hope Yeah. afterwards And I understand there's a grieving process of being like, oh, I'm not going to be with this person anymore. But like after it's been a certain amount of time, like you need to start moving in the direction to let them go. Because I think it's really easy to hold on and be like, well, what if down the road, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But in all honesty, and this sounds so cliche, but like if it's meant to be, 
Like it will be like, it's going to happen because we serve a sovereign God. And if he has it in his will, in his plan for your life, that you are going to be with that person, then you will be with them. You don't have to worry about making that happen yourself. I know this personally because me and my husband dated when we were in college and we were both in really terrible places mentally. We were dragging each other down. We were not doing well. (laughs) And um, it was a very unhealthy relationship. It ended very messy. I was very hurt. He moved on very quickly, which hurt me even more. And then I was just kind of like, okay, great. And I, for a little while, I remember kind of being like, well, maybe like at some point, like we'll get back together. Maybe he'll like decide that he still wants to be with me. Like those kinds of thoughts. And I think like after a month or two, I was like, it's time to move on. (laughs) It's time to like, I'm tired of wallowing in this, tired of thinking about this. I'm just going to move on. And I did. And he did too. And honestly, like, I think it was like a year and a half went by. Like it was a good amount of time, a good chunk of time. And like crazy things happened in that time. And we ended up just coming back together, being friends and then eventually dating. And then we got married. Like if it's meant to be, I am a living example that like it will be, (laughs) even if you think it's impossible, like for that to happen, you know, like if it's, if it's meant to be in your life, like it's going to come about. So, so in conclusion, I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of a word of encouragement for those struggling in this area specifically, because Allison and I both know how hard this is because we've been through this more than once, you know, like where it's just yeah. like, it's, it's hard. It's so hard. So I basically just wanted to reiterate, I know you've probably heard this before, but you're not alone. If you are in a season of heartbreak, it will get better. You will not be stuck in this place forever. Again, I know you probably heard that a thousand times, but like we've lived this. So we know this is true. Like it does get better. Even when some days it feels like it never will. Mm-hmm. And if you are someone who wants a relationship, but can't seem to find a good one, know that, even right now in this season of your life where you're single, you are so loved. So many people around you love and care about you and are there to fill your time with joy and blessings and fun, even without a romantic relationship. You don't need a romantic relationship in your life to be fulfilled. You don't need one to be content. So just know that you're loved by so many people around you. And if you are in a relationship and you know you need to leave it, lean on the Lord. You are strong, you are brave, and there are people who can and will support you. So you don't need to fear the unknown. Um, And I think something that brings me a lot of comfort I know is that you can't, well, not you can't, but you don't need to in any way fear the unknown when you serve a sovereign God. Because ultimately, he has the entire world in his hands. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is omnipresent. He's, you know, in the past, present, and future all at once, which is a crazy concept um, blew my mind when I learned about that. (laughs) So you don't need to fear the future or the unknown because there's a God who knows everything. Um, and I think that's pretty much all that I have to say on that. Yeah. I, I just wanted to drive home that last thing that you mentioned, like God would not go to the lengths to save you and secure your salvations just to drop you like halfway through your life. Like really, truly think about what a waste that would be. And we don't serve a God that is wasteful. So if he's had you up till now, he will have you after. And there's just no exception to that. I mean, it's all over the Bible. And I know it doesn't feel like it right now, if that's what you're going through. But again, like he wouldn't make all that effort to secure you just to let you go now. He has plans for you. He has plans for that person. He loves you both. And just to rest and trust in that. 
Yeah. And like, not that the ultimate points of our lives are to get married because they're not. <laughs> True. But we talked about that also. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But ultimately, like Christ has you in its hands. You know, you if you are in Christ, then like you are safe in someone who has the best for you, which is ultimately himself and his own glory and love for you. Um, so you need not worry no matter what, you know, what your life brings in the future. So, um, I think on that note, we're going to end this out. I have no idea how long this is going to be. I feel like we've been talking for like two hours, so this might be really, really long. (laughs) Maybe we'll make it two parts. Who knows? (laughs) Well, if you've made it to here, I mean, kudos to you. Bless you. You know, bless your soul. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) obviously though. Um, well, yes, if you haven't heard our last couple episodes, especially the ones on marriage that kind of pertain to this topic or just relationships, even singleness, uh, please feel free to go back and listen to those. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram as well. We need people who listen to this to follow us on there so that we can do like Q and A's and things like that. So please follow us at Cedar and Cypress pod, and we will see you next time.